non-stop shock radio. Renegade talk radio. Get an early start on ammunition to rip that asshole that'll be messing with you later. Welcome Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Las Vegas where we don't share a coach. My name is Richie. Hope you're having a good day. More bullshit in the media with that so-called alleged shooting in San Diego. Kramer talked about it earlier in the show. <laughs> More crap. You're probably wondering why I'm playing this type of music. Well, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, let's cut off. Let me play it again because I know you enjoy this. This is really good. Yeah, listen to this. Yeah. Anyway, you can pick us up on um, Stitcher. New website is being completed. Should be up by Friday. Uh, we got Kramer on, Bethany Blankley, Lou, myself, and Marla, and more people will be coming on Renegade, where we just don't sugarcoat shit. Today, we're going to be talking about the music business, radio, on the internet, and how the little guys one shitty deal. got screwed again. And if you, I talked to, to you about this last week, Renegade Nation, that if you go to your favorite internet uh, music station, it probably will not be broadcasting due to the fact that the radio titans have decided to raise the licensing fees on music, all kinds of music, jazz, religion, blues, the Sinatra stuff, 60s, 70s, and 80s, 90s. One shitty deal. So as of January 1st, all internet radio stations must pay exorbitant licensing fees, Renegade Nation, to the music publishers. And most of these uh, radio stations are one-person operations done as a labor of love, and few, if any, make money. In fact, most of these radio stations lose money. They pay for their equipment, the upkeep, the formatting, software, music libraries, website, publicity, servicing fees to the provider of the audio streams. That's all being paid for by the owners of these radio stations trying to play music that the goddamn radio stations in terrestrial world like Clear Channel and Cumulus do not play anymore. One shitty deal. This article was written by Ken Levine. Was one shitty deal. Notice if you go to Sky Pilot Radio, it's not playing any more music. That is because we had to take it down. Even though we had a lot of listeners to Sky Pilot Radio, and even though we were making money, the fees would have drove us into bankruptcy. Now, you're probably trying to figure out why this is going on. Well, there's a reason it's going on. It was one shitty deal. They are losing listeners, which is the terrestrial titans are losing money and listeners to the internet radio providers. And most of these radio stations running a nation have niche programming, obscure jazz, oldies, standards, genres that terrestrial radio have abandoned because their appeal isn't mass market enough and or the audience for these genres, genres are too old and thus worthless. It was one shitty deal. So at a time when three or four horribly run close to bankrupt, bankrupt conglomerates, which is Clear Channel and Cumulus, Oh, 90% of the terrestrial radio stations, and you can blame that on fucking Bill Clinton back in 1996. You can look it up yourself with the Telecommunications Act and the FCC, you can do it yourself. This was all planned out, Renegade Nation. one shitty deal. It has turned it into a cesspool, a cesspool of commercials, automated voice tracking, syndicated programs that stink in infomercials. And the only real variety were the internet radio stations. (coughs) 
So guess who lobbied Congress to force these tiny operators to pay a fortune to play the Shirelles records for their audience of maybe 60 people? And this is the result. A vast majority of small internet radio stations have gone off the air or are going to go off the air. And a lot of you out there have already been to your favorite internet music stations on the internet and have found out that they're not broadcasting anymore. Live 365, one of the the largest uh, that hosted many such operations, went out of business overnight. It was one shitty deal. One of my favorites was Sky Pilot Radio. Had to shut down. It was one shitty deal. We've been working with the licensing people to try to get the radio station back up, but we are we are going to abandon it due to the fact that they have increased the fees so much that we cannot afford to stay in business. Yes, you can make the argument that the artists deserve to be compensated for their music being played, but guess what now? The artists are not being compensated by the internet radio providers because they are being put out of business. And if you go back to the 60s and the late 50s or the 50s or the 40s, big band music, this is music that is, have been, has been forgotten about. And these internet radio Radio stations have provided this programming where terrestrial radio stations said, go fuck yourself, we're not playing this crap. It was one shitty deal. So if stations are throwing in the towel, then the artists that I just talked about are receiving nothing. Zero. So if you do the math here, if you got a thousand stations paying a thousand dollars or 75 stations paying six thousand dollars, the artist will lose money in this deal. iHeartRadio will benefit. A modest increase would have been acceptable, but these people are greedy. Greedy scum corporate scumbags that want all the money for themselves and they don't give a shit about the artist. They don't care. Number two, for many of these artists, their songs are fading into the mist of time. Renegade Nation, these internet stations are the only place you can still hear a lot of this type of music. That's right. You go to a terrestrial station, you're not going to hear the Shirelles. You're not going to hear uh, Tommy James and the Shondells. You're not going to hear Diana, uh, the Supremes. You're not going to hear a, a lot of 70s and 80s music. You're not going to hear that either. And they're very picky about what kind of music they put on. Where the internet radio stations are playing all the music from those years. Silence them and the artist's contributions to popular culture is disappearing. Poof! The magic dragon. They're not remembered. They're not celebrated. They're not even a footnote, Renegade Nation. It's like they never existed. They only existed for the greedy motherfuckers on Wall Street and these banksters who control the media for themselves. So over the last few weeks, these radio stations everywhere have paid tribute to David Bowie. We marvel at the innovation and the brilliance of his work. We like to think that in 50 or 60 years, people will still be appreciating David Bowie. Well, with the way commerce is now, today, David Bowie could well sadly be forgotten. And don't we owe our artists more than just an extra 50 cents royalty thing? So again, who benefits? Not the artists, certainly not the public, not free enterprise. The winners are the greedy motherfuckers, the music publishing firms, and the radio folks who think they know everything, who have raped and destroyed their own industry. So I hope some small stations stick it out. I don't think they're going to unless they get a lot of money from investors. But very soon now, you'll be able to access internet radio in your car as easily as you get FM and satellite radio. And you'll be able to push uh, set push buttons for your favorite internet stations. And when that day comes, Renegade Nation, there will be much more of a level playing field. 
Terrestrial radio stations that corrupt companies like Cumulus paid millions for for will be as valuable or less valuable than some stations being run out of some kid's bedroom. The next Howard Stern is going to be some geek in a basement and then what happens? And it will. You're fucked. Terrestrial radio is going to be fucked. So we're not going to be playing any more music on this Renegade. There'll be no more oldies or no more 80s or no more today's hits or no more hip hop or no more. We're not playing it anymore. We're not going to do it at all. You go listen to your terrestrial radio stations. If you had any balls, you would contact the Recording Industry, Industry Association of America and tell them to let, uh, let up on this and also to let internet radio stations play the music that you'd like to hear. I want to say thank you to all the small internet radio stations that provided us variety, memories, passion, and I mourn the passing of internet radio, which I was one of the founding fathers of this back in 1997 and 98. It's horrible. The day the music died, Renegade Nation, the phrase should be the day the music was killed by those greedy motherfuckers that sit there and decide they think they know everything better than the listeners. They don't give a flying rat's ass about you. They'll play what they want and you'll fall right into their hands exactly what you've done with the goddamn stupid media as it stands now. And again, we're talking about big corporate greed here. You follow the money. As we always say here at Renegade Nation, follow the money. Nothing else matters. Nothing that matters. Nothing at all except one thing, the goddamn money. And now the artists are getting screwed over. It's all consolidated into a small group of these uber greedy motherfuckers that now control almost everything we see in here, which we have been talking about on this radio station since 2009. And that's just immediate. Don't even get me started on the other industries in America, how they are controlled. It's all bullshit, man. Bullshit for the conglomerates to say that it's because the artists deserve to get paid where the artists just lost a shitload of money due to all these internet radio stations going out of business because they can't afford to pay the licensing fees. You're not going to hear Glenn Miller anymore. You're not going to hear Ernest Tubb. You're not going to hear Badfinger. You're not going to hear Elton John. You're not going to hear any of this music that they don't play anymore. Thousands of people have posted opposition to this decision by the copyright royalty judges. Yeah, they're judges. Who in the fuck made them judges of the royalties? They were never officially elected into this position. They were given that title by the copyright royalty board, which in essence makes them hired henchmen, hired bastards doing the bidding of their bosses, which are the corporate monsters that sit on top of Wall Street and all of the radio stations that are owned by iHeartRadio or fucking Claire Channel, whatever they call themselves in that other one. Cumulus. They're bringing shame on the title judge. They'll never come up with a royalty system based on the amount of listeners. They can't do it because they don't want to do it. They, can, they could, but why should they? Why should they do that? They want it all for themselves and they don't care about you, the public. They don't care about what you want to listen to. That's what radio was built on for the listeners to enjoy. So you can listen to jazz or you can listen to the big band or you can listen to the 60s, 80s, today's hit music. You can listen to anything that you want at any given time that you want, but they will not allow to do that. And the FCC says that's what they're supposed to be doing, but they don't. And also, the radio stations, these terrestrial radio stations are scared to death of the smartphone. 
because that smartphone now is a transistor radio. It's like the transistor radio back in the old days. You can flip on any station you want and listen to it, but they don't want that. They want total control of what you hear. Also, they want to keep all the commercials and advertisers for themselves so they can make all the money. And you, the John Q public, you get, you get stuck with a terrible programming, a terrible infomercials, terrible everything. We had some really great disc jockeys that were coming on Sky Pilot Radio, and I'm not going to name their names, but they're very they're well known on a national level that were coming on board to do shows to go back to the the good old days. And some of you might have heard that, but now that's all history, thanks to the RIAA, the ASCAP BMI henchmen of the radio industry and the music industry. Finally, over. Live 365, guess what? When they did this, Renegade Nation, they put businesses out of business, like Live 365 is an example. All the employees got laid off. All the streaming providers are getting hurt. And this is called the American dream? Really? How about all the people that went to broadcasting school and paid a ton of money to be in radio? Now they can't even get a job anywhere because they're not hiring because they're, all they're doing is voice tracking. That's all they do is voice track. That's all they do. We know people in the business here that do voice tracking because they won't hire anybody. They don't want to pay the benefits. They don't want to pay salaries. They don't want to pay talented people anymore. Why should they? So here we are pushing out music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s that these radio stations, these terrestrial stations don't play. In fact, what it should be is they should be paying us for playing the music that they don't play on terrestrial radio. It should be the reverse. That's why you're never gonna hear another song on this radio station. No music will ever be played again on Renegade. Ever again, ever. We are not gonna promote any type of music and I would tell you to go talk to your legislators or congressmen and try to get them to change this law because, or this licensing fees law because these royalty judges don't give a flying rat's ass about you and how you feel about music. And they don't care about the artist either. And when you get into film and TV, who knows what they're gonna do with that? But, you know, these big streaming companies like Spotify and Apple Music and Netflix and Hulu and so on, or uh, they're just disseminating the whole industry by paying thousands of a penny per stream. It gets really complicated when you're streaming Renegade Nation. When David Bowie died a couple weeks ago, SiriusXM was not even allowed to go to wall to wall with David Bowie. A lot of internet stations did. Due to the DMCA, which is the Digital Music Copyright Act restrictions, they can't play songs back to back. I went through this in 1999 with a Frank Sinatra channel that we had on Boombox Radio and they came after us. And I said, who are you? We were paying ASCAP BMI fees back then. These people came after us and said, we can't play the same song from this album or a different album within a three hour time period. It gets very complicated. Something must have shaken out because they devoted a Bowie channel starting the next day for almost a week. But when he finally, when he died, they started to play Bowie back to back and then all of a sudden they went to their bosses and I guess they went to the, the hot shots of the, uh, uh, the DMCA digital music copyright so they could get people listening to their stupid radio station that they control and own.
If it wasn't for internet radio, Renegade Nation, small webcasters playing music from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and all the other obscure genres that don't get a lot of airplay on terrestrial radio, all these artists would have never been heard again for the last 20 years. That is 100% correct. 100% correct. But because small webcasters do play these artists and spread the word about concerts, appearances, and other things like that in PR, all of these artists of yesteryear like Pat Boone, Bobby Vinton, The Mystics, Danny and the Juniors, and so many more, too many to mention, are still out with their success on their side. You can blame all this on your great American government, not the webcaster. The webcaster pays the fees every month. We have paid the fees for years, Renegade Nation. Years and years paid the fees for Skypilot Radio. It's called the music mafia, that's what they're called. They're gonna control what you hear and they're gonna take all the money and the webcaster can't stay in business no matter how great the radio station is. They're not gonna be able to uh, compete with terrestrial radio. Anyway, on that note, we're gonna take a break and I'm gonna play my favorite new song. Here you go, this is great. You're gonna love this. My great sounder for running Big Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, this is great, man. You use your tongue prettier than a $20 whore. I'm not entirely sure that I've had enough rum to allow that. Okay, we're back, Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk. Don't forget, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Android. New website should be up by the end of the week. We got Kramer on. Kramer's doing pretty good, by the way. Funny guy. Fits right in with Renegade. And again, Renegade Nation, thank you for all the listening, all the downloads. We are growing very quickly. And we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the um, the Wall Streeters inside of the political money. Just found this article from McClatchyDC.com. They're talking about <clears throat> that Goldman Sachs is not the biggest player on Wall Street in terms of political money, but Goldman Sachs is the financial public enemy number one in this year's election campaign. And you know that there's been a lot of screaming and yelling going on about the Wall Street banksters putting money into these political fundraisers and these political runs for the presidency of the United States. We've been talking about it for years here at Renegade, as you well know, if you're a listener, a longtime listener. The giant investment bank has become the symbol of excesses of Wall Street, Renegade Nation, cited both by liberals, leery of the deregulated banking, and conservatives who are opposing, are opposed to these uh, big banks. Now, you have to understand, as well as we have been talking about this for, for so long, that it's still going on, and they keep on saying that they don't take any money, and they lie. The lying that's going on in the campaign, the way that they're, they're telling the people that they don't do this, and they don't do that, and they're not taking it out, and we're not being singled out for its ties to political establishments, and we don't, we're not involved with the two top, top contenders for the presidency, and da-da-da-da-da. It just confuses everybody as to what is really going on with the amount of money that is being put into these campaigns. Hillary Clinton, the um, front-running Democratic candidate, received, now listen to this, $675,000 in speaking fees from the firm. Ted Cruz of Texas, a top challenger for the GOP, as you well know, borrowed uh, quite a bit of money from, if I can get this thing to work, I'm reading, I'm reading this article and I can't get it to work because the damn fucking website is stuck. 
Okay, Cruz got, uh, the, the, he got $500,000 he borrowed from the firm to help finance his, um, his Senate campaign and then failed to reveal it on one of the legally mandated disclosure forms, Renegade Nation. Also, his wife is a managing director at the firm in Houston. Although she's on leave right now, I guess so. You gotta be on leave when you're running for the president and you can't tie anything together. What Mr. Trump did on that last uh, debate, these people, Renegade Nation, are they really telling you the truth? Are they really? The rivals, their rivals drive home the connections to angry anti-establishment voter. There's what Mr. Trump said, and now he's going to go after Goldman Sachs. Doesn't work that way. Goldman Sachs owns him. Remember that, folks. People are owned by these people. Once that money comes through the door, they are owned, and whatever, if Ted Cruz does get the, the nomination or the presidency, he's gonna listen to those big banks. That's what they do. I don't take money from big banks. I don't get personal speaking fees from Goldman Sachs. I don't. Look what Bernie Sanders said in a recent debate with Clinton. Can you really reform Wall Street when they are spending millions and millions of dollars on campaign contributions and when they are providing speaker fees to individuals? Secretary Clinton, and you're not the only one, so I don't just mean to point the finger at you. You received over $600,000 in speaking fees from Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs, of sack balls, I mean, I'm sorry, Goldman Sachs in one year. So they are heavily invested into both of their public and financial lives. Goldman Sachs had $2.1 million in donations to candidates given by individual employees of political action committee. That's right, Renegade Nation. There's a lot of this that goes on that you don't know about. Goldman also had been the second largest contributor through Clinton's political career, donating $760,740 to her campaigns from 1999 when she began her race for the Senate through the third quarter of the 2016 election. But she yet she'll stand up there and say that she's not getting any money from these people. It's absolutely amazing. The lying and conniving that goes on. And they do it right in front of you. Here's Donald Trump. Here's what Donald Trump had to say about this. Is Cruz honest? He's in bed with Wall Street and he's funded by Goldman Sachs and Citicorp. Low interest loans, no legal disclosure, never sold off assets. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that you're not aware of, Renegade Nation. They don't need to tell you anything. Do you believe this Do you or you don't believe it? Goldman sends more to Washington than, than contribution. Goldman Sachs has given this country two secretaries of the treasury, one on the Republican side, and here we go again with my little problem here, one on the Republican side and, um, and one on the Democratic side. Uh, this is what Bernie Sanders said. Indeed, Henry Paulson, a former Goldman Sachs chairman and chief executive officer, was treasury secretary under George W. Bush, and Robert Rubin, a former co-chairman of Goldman, served under President uh, Bill Clinton. There you go, right there. Yeah, but you don't know who these people are because you kind of forgot about it. It's been a long time. Been a long time. It's a metaphor for the highly aggressive investment bank. It's the brand name, Renegade Nation, for that kind of banking. Said so-and-so, a political science professor at the State University of New York at New Paltz. It's been around a long time. And when you attack Goldman Sachs, when you attack them, Renegade Nation, anybody attacks them, you can attack all of Wall Street. This gentleman added, there's also an undercurrent with some people of anti-Semitism. The names are identifiably Jewish, he said, and there is still a tendency to refer to Jewish bankers in a way that suggests Jews have undue influence. That's what the, article, that's what the gentleman said. I want you to think about it. 
The candidates deny any quid pro quo. Cruz has said he filed the information about the loan on his Senate personal financial disclosure form. And it was an oversight. It was an oversight when again that he missed it on the Federal Election Commission plans and applications. He missed it. He got confused. What do I do? I thought he was a smart guy. Don't they have uh, banksters that help them and accountants, bean counters, whatever they call them? In an interview with the Des Moines Register, Clinton defended taking the fees from Goldman Sachs. Anybody who thinks they can buy me doesn't know me, she said. Really? All you gotta do is look at the disclosures if you wanna wake up and do it. Sanders uses the fees to suggest that Clinton, a former New York senator, is beholden to Goldman Sachs. And by the way, without naming any names, Goldman Sachs also provides very, very, very generous speaking fees to some unnamed candidates. That's right, Renegade Nation. It's all about the money, honey, follow the money. Sanders told an Iowa crowd, very generous. Now I know that some of my opponents are very good speakers, very fine orators and very smart people, but you gotta be really, really good, really good Renegade Nation to get $225,000 a speech. How the hell do you get $225,000 a speech? Goldman Sachs is publicly at least not engaging in the debate about its outsized, outsized influence. Overall, I would say that we here at Goldman Sachs try not to let the noise of the campaign get in the way of getting our jobs done, Andrew Williams of Goldman Sachs, VP of Media Relations, said in a interview. He had no comment on the uh, charges. Of course, he doesn't have a comment. He doesn't know what to say. The firm is looking to acquire influence with politicians. As for paying over $200,000 per speech... Uh, he said, well, well, we all want speakers who will interest our clients. So I would like to know how much Cruz has paid on his loans. Let's face it, Renegade Nation, it is a loan that will never be paid back. That's a lot of money. When elected, it will be forgiven for a bailout or his wife will acquire a talent for speaking that will rival Hillary's and be paid the millions back for his few speaking gigs. Why don't they hire me? I would be happy to go in front of a big crowd and be paid $250,000 to hear me speak to the masses. The prophet has arrived. I will tell you, but I don't think they would hire me Renegade Nation because I would go against them and then be gunned down in some dark alley somewhere. The problem with Cruz's loan, it was an unsecured signature loan specifically for his campaign, which anyone can pay off. It is illegal under campaign finance laws for this reason. Now imagine the scenario, Renegade Nation. Cruz takes out the unsecured signature loan and funds his campaign, and afterwards, a lobbying firm that represents Iran pays back his loan. Who knows where how this money is being diverted in all kind of different pathways back to where it's supposed to be. You don't understand that part of it. Nobody talks about that part of it. We do here. You see the problem? That's why Cruz conveniently forgot. He forgot to report his loans. How do you forget to report the loans? Don't they have lawyers? Don't they have people that know what's going on in the world of being honest and truthful and disclosing where the money came from? You always got to disclose where money came from when you buy a house or to the IRS, don't you? Or don't you know? We, have, we still haven't gotten an answer about who pays his loans back for him. Who pays the loans back? Nobody says anything about who pays the loans back. All I can say is this, Renegade Nation, Goldman Sachs or Sachs or whatever you want to call them is evil. They are puppeteers behind the DC corruption that we have been talking about for years, Renegade Nation, along with the likes of Soros and everybody else involved. They don't care. I just talked to you earlier about what happened with internet radio. They don't care. 
They don't. And if they did, we would have an American society and the American dream would be alive. But the American dream is sunk for a sunk from a few people who sit in Washington and decide what's gonna happen. And they don't wanna lose their jobs and they're scared to death of Donald Trump coming on the scene and kicking them out of their cushy fucking jobs with all their stupid fucking contacts with the Wall Street or banksters. And on that note, I'm gonna go and I'll play my favorite song. You better get used to it because this is all I'm gonna play when we go in, in the intro and outro for Renegade Talk. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, Marla will be back tomorrow. My name is Richie. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, go to iTunes, Android apps. Our new website will be up. And of course, go to Stitcher and RenegadeTalkRadio.com. My name is Richie. I'm out of here.